Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Phil Baker. Oh, I like the dramatic pause between them. Uh, just builds. Is it my thought? Oh, there he is. Okay, Phil's still there. Welcome into the drive here on uh, 93.9. The bill is Super Bowl week. Uh, that means you've got Radio Row going on. So you've got all of your uh, your associated uh, TV shows and radio shows from across the country lined up out there trying to interview all sorts of people who are trying to hawk all sorts of products. Uh, for these past couple of weeks. Uh, and so what you do is you get with PR people and uh, uh, communications people, try to book up all your guests as quickly as you can, try to make sure you're going to be able to just – that it's worth making the trip out there uh, to the Super Bowl to do by getting all of these people. Uh, and sometimes it can it can go awry. Uh, yeah. This is a great example uh, of that. Uh, Boomer and Geo uh, talk, uh, talking about how they've got Randy Moss booked – uh, only to realize it's a different Randy Moss. Listen to this real quick. Everybody's got something, and that's why I'm actually happy we are not at Radio Row. What is Randy Moss promoting, by the way, Al? Do you, do you know? It's something having to do with horse racing. Really? He's very into horse racing. Are, are you sure this is the right, this, the, yeah. not this the other Randy, Randy Moss? Moss? the wide receiver, not Randy. Is there another uh, yes. Randy Moss? Yes. Uh-oh. There's an announcer, Randy Moss. Who is into horse racing. Who is racing. into horse racing. Please tell me that's fake. That, I, no. That would no. be so awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, no. because they no. said, I saw in the request that Randy would like to talk about, blah, blah, blah. Also, anything NFL-related, I'm a, I'm a double-checked it. Or maybe the Randy Moss, who is the sports announcer, the horse racing announcer. He also he used sport. to work for the NFL yeah. Network. Come on. I swear to God. Yes. How's that possible? <laughs> Oh, this is oh, Jesus. This is horrible. Right. This Jesus. is what Mark Chernoff's talking about. <laughs> you know, lazy ass. This, I You're mean, not I, following, doing any follow through. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because we have a great setup and everything is great, but I can't catch a break when it comes to some of this stuff, right? Like Dua Lipa's in New York when we're out here. I think we're getting Randy Moss. We're getting the white Randy Moss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Okay. Just wanted to check to see if you would be interested in current NBC sports broadcaster and former NFL network broadcaster and reporter. That's right. That's you booked the white Randy Moss. Oh, my God. What, you idiots? That is – everything about that is great. And, and I'll tell you, uh, Boomer is panicked the minute that guy's like, wait, there's not another Randy Moss, is there? <laughs> Like, that's the moment that they knew that, oh, my God, he got the wrong guy. So I, I listened slash watched. I think you got that from Awful Announcing. I, yeah. I, I saw that early, and I watched. It's before you asked me to go, I was like, you know what? I was like, I want this. Or sorry, after you asked me to, to join us, I, I, I got a feeling it, it, this was without you and I communicating this. I was like, I got a feeling this would be brought up on the show. So I'm glad I got to listen to that in its entirety on there because I only heard the first part of it. That's good. And being in this market, I mean, you, you have to kind of be – well-versed that there's a white Randy Moss just because of the horse racing component. Right. Uh, and the new, it was funny, for Derby this year, uh, when I was over by Kornacki and uh, Matt Barry, yeah. the fantasy football expert, I, I was 
90% sure that it was the white Randy Moss, but let's be honest, there's a lot of white Randy Mosses walking around when it's uh, the Derby near the paddock. So, But I was like, no, that's Ra- that's the white Randy Moss. He's with Kornacki and all those guys, and then Tariko soon followed. But, uh, yes, I love they- that this guy's forever known as the white Randy Moss. <laughs> you, honestly, if you're... You kind of got to operate in that space, man. Like if if you're not a horse racing guy, if you're not Louis Rabot or living in Louisville or Kentucky Derby fan, he's probably got to lead with I'm the. If you're going to be on an email, you're the white Randy Moss, not the former. Oh I, I kind of naturally mentioned Louis. I kind of want him to book the white Randy Moss on his show. Then Zach's like, "Oh, you get Randy Moss." It's like, no, it's the other Randy Moss. Zach, sorry. <laughs> I mean, if you're that guy, you've got to go by Randall Moss, don't you? Oh, you yeah. can't be Randy Moss. No. Well, it, look, I know they're great partners of ours here on uh, ESPN Louisville. I've said the same thing about Jerry Sandusky, the uh, Ravens play-by-play guy. You may need to change that. Yeah, you got to go. You're Gerald. <laughs> Gerald you got to be Gerald. <laughs> change? He's the one that sucks. <laughs> I understand. Like you got to. How often do you think this happens for for the white Randy Moss? I mean, look. If often, the, right? Yeah. If you're on the same emailing, like just people trying to shill out stuff as much as possible. Like, like, hey, I get a PR person probably three times a week that sends me something about like a PGA person or somebody, a former NFL player, wanting to promote a book. Like, I'm sure they're probably going across the country to as many affiliates as possible to try and get this. You get a producer that's, I mean, no, Spencer, and I'm sure some of the guys here are on top of it, but you're kind of perusing it. And if you're doing a hundred other different things, I can see how it kind of gets lost in the shuffle of that. But that's where the producer probably should afford it onto the host just to probably proofread it a little bit of what all it entails. I'm sure it would say something in there about his coverage on NBC, the Kentucky Derby, uh, everything like that to where it would probably, the antennas would go up of like, oh yeah, this may not be the guy on uh, the, the former Minnesota Viking or the guy that's on NFL Countdown. I love the idea though of that producer being like, man, Randy Moss is like a renaissance man here, you know, <laughs> like he's in the horse racing and all that, which makes me think, we'll get to Jesse in just a second, but what would be funnier to bring that dude on to talk football or to bring randy moss on to talk horse racing it's Boy. randy to talk because they said that apparently they said this guy used to work for the nfl, the NFL network, network so yeah that's a good uh, point there's the fair i mean yeah sorry mark but yeah if you bring like the football player randy moss on to talk horse racing that'd be must listen to i feel like it'd be awful especially audio randy moss. break down the travers yeah like <laughs> i want him to say furlong i just want to hear that <laughs> yeah yeah, because he's, he's like, country about, as hell. He's like, you talking about white chocolate, Jason Williams? Like, <laughs> I did see, uh, by the way, uh, Joe Buck in a recent interview with uh, Kevin Clark uh, being asked. I thought it was a great question to ask an announcer. But the question was basically, like, do you listen to any of your old calls or anything? And are there any of them that you hate or any of your old? And he basically said, like, when I went off on Randy Moss for doing the fake mooning, uh, he says he basically is humiliated by what that sounds like now when he listens. To I, I think I saw that on the part of my take guys had above there too, uh, talking about that as well. It just, it's, it's nice to see Joe Buck, um, dare I say, let down his hair a little bit and he's got to see, well, you can make it, there's a joke to be had there, but, uh, but this, to see him just kind of operate in a space where he doesn't take himself as that. Cause I, I think Joe Buck does a great job and Me too. especially seeing him outside, like on the part of my take with big cat and PMT, like th- these guys do a, they're you know what they're doing on those types of shows and joe buck just kind of leans into it uh let's get to jesse in here who has been waiting jesse thanks for waiting buddy welcome into the drive on night on the villain tuesday man what's up hey man i'm i don't mind waiting i've enjoyed the white and the black randy moss <laughs> <laughs> boys you know those two guys they ought to talk and just just both of them are in the sports world. They ought to talk and just play play games with the uh, yes, the, like twins. <laughs> yeah, man, that would be funny. But uh, I, getting back to Louisville, if you don't mind, for just a second, I have advocated and I have said from the beginning. I ain't no basketball guru, but I know Louisville basketball. We played like Louisville basketball the other night, yeah. and I've said from the jump, man, that. I thought, and and Mark Meyer heard me say that you you guys. I have said that Ray, I mean uh, that uh, White is a is a weak link in the Louisville in the Louisville and what Kenny Payne is trying to do. I think when Coach Payne stands in these guys' living room, he makes statements. He's a great recruiter. He makes statements that 
he probably shouldn't have made. Like, I'm going to give uh, Sky Clark the keys to the team and they, this kind of thing. You know, you don't. You, I just think you shouldn't have to go that far to get a player. I don't know. I'm not a recruiter, but he seems to be committed to these these uh, players that he's, he's brought in late, and he's saying things to them that he. I don't think he says to the other players, and so. We've wasted a lot of times, a lot of early times in the game when we could have been ahead by inserting or starting Tyler Johnson. And I'm not just on the Tyler Johnson bandwagon. I was there before he even started coming new number one guard out of New York. It was that spoke for itself. He should have been there from the jump. He, I don't care if he was a freshman. So, but but White coming in, man, he's been a weak link, and so I think his 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 minutes need to diminish quite a bit. Caleb Glenn is a pogo stick. Did you see him block this guy's shot with two hands? And it was not a foul. You know, when the guy came in for a layup, mm-hmm. we have no defensive presence other than K. And when I say presence, I mean big man presence. Caleb don't mind reaching for somebody's layup, you know, and uh, Brandon will do it every now and then, and neither does Manny. We love those guys that just not going to let a guy come through the lane and just do what he wants to do. So White's minutes are going to have to diminish, and I've said if you want to start the game on an even keel and not let a team get far ahead of you, you're going to have to sit down uh, White because that's what happens. We get behind defensively, not stopping anybody, and they run up the score on us, and then we play catch-up for the rest of the game. The last caller that called in, I think he's got a fear that Coach Payne will, 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 will get another year. I'm, I'm neither here nor there on the Payne, Coach Payne bandwagon. If, he, if, he, if they don't bring him back, I won't be shedding tears. Uh, and every time he puts Zane Payne in, I take another deposit away from him anyway. <laughs> but but, but uh, it's not if we win. If, let's say we won out. It's not who we play. It's not the wins. It would be how we won. You know what I mean? If, the, if if these guys that he's beginning to substitute now get on a roll and they are dominating, let's face it, guys, they dominate. They they actually dominated a much taller team last the other night, and and they handled them, and they weren't scared of them. They weren't fearful, and it was all because of this little point guard out front who had absolutely no fear. My last statement is this. Tyler, I watched Tyler on defense, and I watched the rest of the guys on defense when White is not in the game. They don't get hung up on picks, and when they do, they have an answer now. The switch is much better. It's much. They don't get behind, in other words, on getting, getting when they get picked. And Tyler will fight through a, switch, a, a, a pick, or else they're letting him through. This is what they should have been doing early on, but I think now – that the team, the team is beginning to listen to Coach Payne and what he was trying to do, and I think that's what we're seeing. It's not that Coach Payne is a great coach, but I think the team is buying into his defensive scheme, and and so we're we're having better results. Yep. The moment we start getting a little bit behind, uh, Mark, man, he's inserted Tyler, and it's not that Tyler was scoring. The team moved. It moved. It moved effortlessly up and down the court. I did not know that Mike James got two more years. We cannot lose that guy. We appreciate cannot it. lose Brandon yep. Huffield. Appreciate uh, the call there, Jesse. Yeah, we got to move uh, along there. Uh, well, good stuff. He look, he's calling out the good things that are on that are happening with the team because it it's not last year where there was nothing where it was basically like I I'd be perfectly fine if none of this is happening and none and nobody comes back and basically kind of nobody really did. Uh, for the team, but Brendan Hunley Hatfield is positively like a problem for other people, and so obviously is Tyler Johnson. And and I don't feel I don't really have a big problem with anybody who sort of looks like physically watches this team play, and is like they seem to just try harder when various guys are there or are not there. Uh, and and Trey White is one of those guys that people I think have decided they really don't like how it looks when he's out there. But but I think also credit needs to be given. And, and Kern and I were in agreement on Sunday with this. Is like, look, in, in previous games he has 
it's been very apparent. He has looked for his shot, <laughs> Trey White. But he had some massive rebounds down the stretch for this game. Um, True. For, and, and I think that should be applauded for that. As uh, Jesse pointed out, Caleb Glenn, in my opinion, is an elite rebounder. I, I always say Terry Rozier was one of the best yes. guard rebounds that I've ever seen and just how he would co- coast up for rebounds. And I know that's kind of a nerdy thing to spotlight of just how – good of a rebounder he was because it's kind of like the game within the game, but he would just float up for those. That's kind of how it is with Caleb Glenn. I know just a different body type and a position, but when he goes up for some of those rebounds, it is an elite rebounder at a college level. It's, but I, I go back to this, and Eric Crawford, who, who comes on these airwaves all the time, and he's not hot takey guy with this. I go back to this tweet that he said about a week ago, maybe it was the Virginia game. It, it just feels like the guys look confused, and, and I think that yeah. is... It, it, that was kind of the most damning thing about the coaching staff and the Kenny Payne thing that I go back to is that, yes, you can see some bright spots with the, the team. You you can see glimpses. It's not put together for a, an entire game. And even in the Florida State win, um, there were some glimpses that, were, that you were kind of a head scratching, like what is, what is happening <laughs> right now? But I, I think that was probably the most damning thing is that the players looked confused and they kind of have this look of unsureness of what they're supposed to do. And that's half the battle uh, with when, when you are a coach is communicating what you want to have, your your, your system. When, when Kenny Payne's asked a couple times in the press conferences about, um, you know, what do you need to change? What adjustments do you need to do? And everything's like, look, I tell them. But it's just, it's not going out there. Well, maybe things need to be conveyed a little bit differently so they can, they can, it, they can consume it and, and, and it can become a sponge to them a couple times uh, throughout the season. And that's, that Eric Crawford tweet has always stood out to me in recent weeks uh, of just kind of what's the most damning thing about the Kenny Payne um, quest over the last couple of weeks. 8150 That's uh, the number if you'd like to get in here. I would push back uh, a little bit. Uh, uh, on some of what Jesse had to say there, uh, in particular, you know, it was Louisville basketball in a sense, in that it was up tempo, uh, and I think you had guys getting out and running, and and Tyler playing with a lot of confidence and and being uh, an athletic problem, uh, a game that was breakneck but kind of fun to watch. Like that's very much Louisville, like we're talking about, uh, but giving up ninety two points and. Uh, with just three threes and, and putting them on the free throw line 35 times. Like there were a lot of things about the game that were very much not Louisville basketball. It just so happens. This is the perfect, like Louisville would love to play this game every game. I think they'd like to play every game just like this one, not really needing a lot of threes, not getting bogged down in a ton of half court offense, either their own or in, on defense. And let's just get up and down uh, and see who can really fill it up. Florida, Louisville is at least skilled enough to play that game, but none of the teams that they're going to play down the stretch are really going to let them do that. Like, that's the thing. Like, the, the overmatched teams that you look at them and say, like, hey, they, these are not great matchups uh, for those teams. Like, these are not good teams. Uh, they know that, and they tend to kind of stick to a team structure because they know they've got to, and those are the ones that really give Louisville trouble, not a Florida State. Right, and, and and it goes back to this. I mean, look, they're, they're still <laughs> – they have two wins in conference play uh, to, to win out. I mean, Boston College is much better. Virginia Tech's already won uh, against them. They'll play Syracuse twice starting tomorrow. Damon Stoudemire is the feel-good story out there, as well as Micah Shrewsbury, even though they're not um, – they're not great, but neither are you. And so right. when we're talking about finishing out the season and, you know, you're hoping based off, we say this over and over again, like a broken record, you're hoping versus it being based off anything. And I think that's probably the most jarring thing and the biggest hurdle that this team's going to have to climb because uh, it is going to be a tough task to even have this conversation with the remaining games. Let's get uh, Jason in here next. Jason, welcome into the drive on Thunder. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? Uh, hey, and listening to what you all are running through right there, and like the idea that you know there, there's talent here. It, it seems like they're lost. It seems like they're confused. And Kenny says stuff in the post game, like you know, or his press conferences where he's talking about, "I've told them, I've told them." Well, unfortunately, as a coach, that's when you got to work your butt off on the sideline, and you've got to be reinforcing it constantly, which you really kind of don't see. Yeah. He, he gets up and he moves around a little bit. He will say some things, but like when your game plan isn't being uh, executed the way you want, it, you should be sweating. 
You should be dripping with sweat, dying on the sideline, hoping that they get what you want because that's part of your job. And if you don't do it and they and, and we have a sub-10 win season and, you know, you've not won at all in the season before that, uh, you're putting your job at risk via your, via your work ethic. And, again, we don't know what the game plans are. Uh, we just know that it doesn't look like there is one, and that squarely lies on his shoulders. So, yeah, like you said before, they could win the next nine games, and I'm comfortable saying we don't need him next year. I can't do this again. Appreciate the call, Jason. Thank you uh, so much. I don't think winning out would, would bring him back, uh, but I also feel like there's no risk in in, in – Having to eat those words. Yeah, it's one game. It's the one game from the Florida State. It was the same conversation after the Miami game. You need to build off the sustained winning uh, in order to even entertain the conversation. And it's I'm curious because it's, look, we've talked in the back, and I know you've talked about it on the air, and I know you played the Gary Parish sound yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because this happened in the previous coaching searches of just kind of how – national guys view this job. And I think it was good because I heard you kind of have a little throwaway line. It's like, oh, it's great that the, they view that from the financial standpoint, that it's still like a printing money machine up here. Yeah. But it just goes to show, like whenever you hear things about who the next coach is and, and Gary Pear speaking in absolutes, it's like there is going to be an opening here. Yeah. He's getting that from somebody. And I always caution folks of just saying, hey, you know, when – Eric Crawford or some of the guys here locally put some things out, it, in my opinion, because they probably have a little bit better sources uh, for that, then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of put some bit of paper. But it, not to say Gary Parrish is not in the know, and that means that either an agent or so, somebody on the inside is conveying that to them as well. So I, I think those that are kind of a little bit concerned about year three, um, do with that what you will, because I think that does carry some weight. 8150-939, that's the number if you'd like uh, to get in here. Uh, I think we've all got to also contend with in, in these discussions about trying to figure out what the future is or, or what the moves are going to be or when or that sort of thing. Um, Josh doesn't talk to anybody like like that. Uh, I, mean, I think he's been accessible, uh, but he doesn't he doesn't have preferred leakers who received these things. I, I, I think, in fact, if you look over since he's been made the permanent AD, uh, he has certainly, I think, leaned on WDRB when he's ready to go on the record. Right. But in terms of stuff that uh, sourced reporting for people around him, there aren't leaks to be had, and which always makes me laugh when uh, various people who are, are just determined for you to think that they are super-duper connected. Guys, there are, there's nobody well, he like the whole sir, his whole like uh, senior staff doesn't even know what they're doing all the time uh, when it comes to decisions like these on purpose for this very reason. Uh, we're we're just not going to get good leaked source information because I I think he's not insecure. I think he doesn't play that game. And I'm so happy you said that because we, we, this is a common theme that we get sometimes. And I know the 680 text line at times can be a lot more different than the 939, which is just a positive uh, bowl of positivity over here uh, some compared to that. But uh, sometimes like we'll, we'll, we'll get some folks that are questioning Josh Hurt. And I just say, let's play the, you know, we'll grant you your argument that you're concerned about that. What was the one thing that used to drive Louisville fans up a wall when Tom Jurich was in charge? The leaks. Yeah. Matt Jones always got the leaks. That's right. When was the last time you have seen anything leak related to Matt Jones? I'm asking, like, because yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, when people are questioning it and just saying, oh, he, he can't do this, he can't do that. It's like that used to drive Louisville fans up a wall that Matt got that. And, look, I, I don't know Josh Hurd <laughs> at all. Like, he's been around the station a couple times. But I, I, I think all the coaches and, and all the folks that are connected to him say, by all accounts, he'll make the right decision on that. And, and I'm going to operate in that space until he gives me reason not to, it, but it, it's funny, the things that kind of get used against him, that he needs to talk, he needs to do this, and it's like, okay, well, the very thing that people used to crush, uh, you know, how is there a mole inside the university? I haven't seen anything, it, it's been years, It's I mean, since George has been gone, right? So, it, yep. it, it's funny to me when people kind of use that against 
uh, Josh heard all that, and it's like, well, this is the very thing that you wanted. You wanted people to be quiet. You wanted uh, no leaks to come out. And that, I think, he's only spoke with WD Red twice, and maybe he talked to you down at the ACC championship game, uh, and that wasn't really the, the the platform to ask him about it because it was a it was football's moment right there. So those are the only three times that I can recall uh, that he's even he, he's spoken with anyone. Yeah, right, and just doing the, uh, the after-board meeting press conference, that's really uh, been it. Uh, but again, I don't have uh, a big issue with with him largely sort of staying in the background uh, on this because I think people have some sort of misapprehension that ADs are just out there talking about it all the time. They're really not. Uh, he could probably say a little more uh, at, at times, but I don't think he has to uh, because again, I I think the large. I just don't think he feels insecure when people are wrong out there. Right, like I've got to correct that. I just don't. I don't get the sense from him. He feels a lot of a uh, of a need to correct that sort of thing. No, no, I, and I'm in agreement. But in like what you said, what he doesn't say is is, is telling as well. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't think he needs to come out and just like what. And I've always laughed at people whenever people get upset and on the text line, and I and I challenge them. They may be PR experts in saying this. I was like, what would you say? Like you say, he needs to come out and talk. What would you say? Right. Like you, you don't condone this, okay? Like I mean, he says he's not into moral victories. By the way, I'm just seeing this as uh, the Twitter sphere come up. Uh, so I think I told you the other day I smiled because Ethan Moore was like in some Twitter space. You may have been in there too, but it oh, was yeah. like Truly Donovan and everything. Mm-hmm. They're having that uh, individual on LSL tonight. <laughs> so oh, that's, perfect. That's Ethan in a nutshell. So Curry Hicks Sage is, I think, his name. Uh, am I getting that right? Uh, yeah, so they, he and Shirley Donovan were hosting a Twitter spaces, and I was like, oh, of course Ethan's in there. And uh, now he's coming on LSL tonight, so there you go. Well, that'll be worth listening to, so keep it here uh, so you can capture uh, that, be able to hear uh, what they've got uh, to say uh, there. Well, let's uh, go ahead here, take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we will be joined uh, by Jeff Walls, uh, who uh, lost a tough one last night and wasn't thrilled about it, as we discussed a little bit earlier. Uh, we'll talk with him about it on the other side here on The Drive on I Thunderville. Right back. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is... With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Phil Baker. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis and Phil Baker here on a Tuesday. We are happy to be joined by the head coach of the women's basketball team here at Louisville, Jeff Walls, after a tough one last night. Jeff, we appreciate that you're in here, rain uh, or shine here. Uh, if I were to ask you to give me kind of your book report on the game last night, what what went wrong uh, that you were not able to win at a tough place to play against an extremely good team at NC State? No, we, we just had – we actually the first half, we did not play well defensively at all. Uh, the, the first quarter – it looked good because we scored the basketball, but we did not defend uh, like like we can, and we did in the set 
in the second half. Uh, and when you're putting that much pressure on you offensively to make every shot, uh, it, it's not. It's a recipe for disaster. And that's really what took place. And then in that second quarter, offensively, we we look like uh, we look terrible. So there's really no 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 other way to put it. Uh, we rushed things. We weren't patient. We, we 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 didn't go through our offensive reads. And then we started chasing the basketball because we got frustrated. We had breakdowns at the defensive end. Um, you know, it, it was just bad. Then we went to halftime. It wasn't the yelling and screaming, anything like that. It was just, hey, we got to get back to actually following the scout report and let's see what what take pl- takes place and what happens. And then we did, and twice in that fourth quarter, you know, our goal, I told him, at the end of the third quarter, I wanted it to be down to 10. Let's get this thing down to 10, and that's exactly what, what we got it at. And then I said, with five to go, it's got to be at six. And that's exactly what we had it at. But we had two possessions where we get it to six, and then we had our breakdowns on the defensive end again. We pinched in on ball side, gave up two threes, and you got to tip your hat because those, those kids made them. Um, so it just it was not our best performance by no means, but I, I was pleased with the way we we regrouped. And when we did follow the Sky Report, we, we played well. So now we had a nice spirited day of practice today, um, preparing for a great uh, a great Notre Dame team on, on Thursday night. Do you feel like, uh, Jeff, that, that they let the environment get to them uh, at all, or was this more just about the NC State team and what was going on on the floor there? No, I don't think. I mean, it was a great environment. It's what, it's what you want to play in front of. So that was a positive. Uh, for sure, I, I just think we we got we got caught up in scoring hmm. in the first half, in the first quarter, the first five or six minutes, instead of relying on what we know we can do, and that's defend. And that that really causes some problems because then we took a few quick shots um, at the end of the first quarter that we missed that led to some breakouts for them, and then we had. A defensive breakdown there at the end of the first quarter, and we gave up a layup. It's a four-point game. You give up a layup, turns to a six. It gives them all the momentum. Um, And then, you know, I I burned about three timeouts in the first half just trying to calm things down. Uh, And, unfortunately, we, you know, got up to to 21, I think. Then we we get it to 17 and then came out in that third quarter and did some great things. But, unfortunately, you can't get down – 21 and expect to come back against the top five team and win and win the basketball game when you're in, in an environment like that and things are going poorly in the second quarter like that you just said you burned a couple timeouts trying to sort of stop the momentum there what are those timeouts like for us uh, who've never been in a huddle with you like that like what is it just like what do you like what is jeff walls saying to try and stop that kind of snowball from rolling there well we're just trying trying to explain to them what what we're doing wrong and what we need to do uh, to, to fix it and then try to make sure they all understand because where where teams get caught up is you all of a sudden you're down eight you're down ten and they think they're there's a ten point shot hmm. it's like guys you're, you're you aren't tying this thing up at the offensive end on one possession we've got to get stops and then come down and convert and then you've got to get 50 50 balls that's the one thing i constantly say is like you want to win these games big top 10 games, top 15 games, you got to be the team that's getting the 50-50 balls. And unfortunately, we started two in the second half, but again, when you're down with what what we're down, it's just too late. Uh, Jeff, was there anything out of this, uh, a game like this that you took? <laughs> it's like, hey, here's a positive. We did good things here. It's, you know, sometimes we have these talks about like, bad things happen in a game. You give up a huge run, but you can't, you're almost able to dig out of it, and you're debating, like, how much do I want to be encouraged by their ability to maybe recover from something that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious how you balance looking for positives uh, without it making to where you're sort of being rose-colored about something that was didn't go the way you wanted it to. No, it, I mean, it, it, it's a loss. I mean, it's not it's not like I sit here and I find a silver lining in it going, hey, you know, that we lost, but it was great. No, it wasn't. It sucked. <laughs> uh, but you can sit there and show them film and go, hey, when we execute, here's what happens. 
which is why we need to execute more often. We have to be cleaner with the basketball. We've got to value the ball. We've got to push in transition. And, you know, the one thing I told them today is when we push in transition, we push to look to score individually. And that's what we've got to get better at is like, hey, I might not score, but then i got to figure out how am I going to get you an open shot. And we just didn't do that enough. When we attacked and we were able to score ourselves, we were really good. But when they leveled off the ball, then you've got to be able to, we call cross the street, and that's get to the other side of the court to make the defense shift and then look to create things for a teammate, and that's what we did not do. We're talking with Jeff Walls here. Uh, Jeff, what do you like? What's what are the next steps coming out of a game like that when you're in a stretch of you, you've got three, four, five of these games in a row here against some of the better teams in the ACC uh, that you, you want to learn from it, but you certainly can't let this sort of thing linger, and you've got to move on and get ready and get emotionally ready for the next one. Yeah, you you just you 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 move on to the next game. I mean, we sat there and watched film today, so we broke it down, showed them the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, and then we watched some film on Notre Dame as well. I mean, the thing about it is, you know, everybody's like, oh, you're playing the up, upper half. Well, everybody this league's good. We're, we're the only team to win at Miami in the last year and a half, and that's including NC State, Notre Dame. I mean, like, everybody in this league's good. You've got to be ready to play. That's, that's the thing about it. And, you know, it's not like we're moving on to to Notre Dame tomorrow, I mean, on Thursday, acting like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? How are we going to compete with them? We're a really good basketball team. Now it's just a matter of cleaning execution up and putting a game plan in place and then going out and executing a game plan. Because Notre Dame is good. Uh, They've got a dynamic point guard. Uh, that can score the basketball, just having an amazing year, and it should be a it should be a great great basketball game. Jeff, I've heard coaches talk about this uh, before, but because we, we we always learn about it after the fact, so I'm not calling them liars. I'm saying I believe it. Uh, but but we'll hear sometimes uh, about like I felt like this was coming, and I know you didn't say that, but those instances where you're like, man, I don't something doesn't feel right going into this game. What in the world do you do in those situations? Well, you, I, I, that, that's a good question. I mean, I, 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 I never felt like this was coming. I was actually shocked that we, we played as poorly defensively as we did in the first half. And normally as coach, if, like, if I can feel a bad day at practice, you, you're doing everything you can to make sure there, there's not two of them. Um, and we've been fortunate here over uh, 10 10, 12 years, I, I can't say I walked into a ball game going, man, I felt this one coming. Hmm. Okay. Um, and that's partially your kids, too. It's a lot to do with the kids you have. Uh, you know, I think they are the, – the, these young ladies were just as disappointed in last night's outcome as I was. And after you watch it on film, the one thing I respect about them is they're able to self-evaluate. They're able to be like, God, I was bad. Man, I didn't box out. I don't know what I was thinking. I – I didn't communicate on that ball screen. And that's when you've got a chance to fix things. It's the players that, you know, they watch the film and they don't put a body on somebody and then they've still got an excuse like, well, that wasn't my box out. And and we don't have that. So I'm excited for Thursday. I thought our practice uh, today was good. And now it's just a matter of putting another day back-to-back, and then get getting ready for, I mean, it, I, I think it's going to be a, a fantastic basketball game uh, on Thursday. I thought last night's game was, was a great game. I mean, it's not ideal to get down 21 and then try to fight your way back. But, <laughs> it, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would say it was just a blowout, you know. Yeah. So we we showed that 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 competitiveness. Now we've got to just do it for forty minutes. Oh, the the challenge for you now, stylistically uh, moving forward for your next game, uh, what's different about NC State versus going forward? What do you? How quickly are you sort of changing your game plan, getting ready for your next opponent, that sort of thing? How different is the challenge going forward here? Well, I, you you just don't have that that one day off. Now it's more like our Thursday Sunday, mm-hmm. going Monday Thursday. 
So today we came back. Um, like I said, we watched film on last night's game, and then we watch a little player player personnel on on Notre Dame tomorrow. We'll watch more of what they do offensively, and then we'll really work on us offensively of how we're going to attack them. And, and then it's a six o'clock tip so on Thursday, so it's great. It's a it's it's fun. I say it all the time. I I, I love the fact that in basketball. Monday didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but I'm not having to wait until until next Monday to play. Hmm. It's not football where it's a week to week, and if it's a bye week, it's two weeks. I mean, we are right back at it. So you've got to be able to put this behind you, learn from it, and then get ready for the next ball game. And now you've got a chance to to go out there and compete again in two days. Jeff Walls, we appreciate the fact that you do always make this such a priority uh, to be on with us here. Uh, and, and just enjoy talking basketball with you, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. You know, that's the one thing I always say. I mean, when, when you win, it's easy. Everybody tells you how great you are. <laughs> uh, but when you, when you lose, it's, it's our job as coaches, too, to be able to be as, as accessible as, as, as we are when we win because there are a lot of people that have some questions. And want some answers. So I appreciate that you guys will have me on. Hey, Jeff, have you noticed? I don't know if you, I know you listen to driving around and such. Uh, have you heard Steve and how much people say that the caller Steve sounds like you when he calls in? Does he stutter too? <laughs> he, no, does not. I have not heard Steve, but I, did, I mean, does, does he have a stutter himself? No, no, it's, uh, that's not the similarity, Jeff. Come on. Oh, okay. <laughs> he okay. just sounds like you when he talks. We'll have to get you guys on together at one point. That sounds great. I sure appreciate it, guys. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Take it easy. <laughs> Jeff Walls, oh, always good stuff with him. Dude, dude, the Spider-Man meme over the phone with him. Yeah, it's got exactly. that little raspiness. It's funny. The, the cadence, too. This is probably what Jared has picked up over the years uh, during his time with Jeff Walls. But Stillman has the Walls, too. Not, not necessarily like the same voice, but some of the cadences, like where it's like when he goes on with Double D, I'm like, God, Jared sounds a lot like Walls and just some of the things that he says. He does. There there are very few people that should do should be able to do a better Walls impression than, than Jared Stillman, right? Yeah, right. I saw he had Mad Dog uh, on his show at Radio Row, so I'm sure that was entertaining. I didn't get to listen to that. He just put up a little screenshot of that. So, you know, he and I guess Andy didn't go there, but I, I'm assuming uh, neither did Jason because I know we had the Chiefs owner on. I was listening on uh, 810 or watching about Twitter, and it's like, how does uh, – well, I guess the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl every every year. It's like draw straws on who's going to go this year, you know. <laughs> the yeah, poor them. When you go into like log in uh, to like you know, sign up for your credentials or whatever, like the autofills are already there. Yeah, right. Well, like you've you've already done this. We know who you are. Well, and Jason, let's be honest, he doesn't drink. In case you didn't know that, so he, <laughs> so him in uh, Las Vegas, I'm sure would be uh, a sight to see. But Stillman is glistening at Radio Row, where it just smells like what you could imagine, and just uh, what did Andy say? It's just like butt cracks and everything at Radio. Oh, Row. Oh, sure, and and people <laughs> hawking horrible things. Do you yeah. think Stillman's getting the uh, white Randy Moss on his show? <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, I would hope so. I would hope. I mean, look, that's the thing. To he get has it, Kentucky roots, so he can talk Kentucky Derby preview there. That's the thing about Radio Row. When we, God, I, was, I think I was an intern, the one up in Indianapolis. So this, oh, it's been years. I, I drove up there to help plug in a cord for Andy Sweeney all the many, many moons ago. But uh, it, it's funny. In order to get a seat up there, you have to take those bleep sandwiches of just what everybody's shilling up there yep. in order to get the table and the Ethernet connection up there. But you have a presence, and you are at the Super Bowl. So it's great for an NFL market. Well, we appreciate uh, Jeff Walls uh, joining us like he always uh, does. Uh, there, I did want to make a quick reference here, Phil, uh, to a story just now being reported uh, by a, a number of outlets. But – we can't talk about sports and we can't really talk about college sports in particular without talking about realignment and we can't talk about realignment or any of that stuff without talking about TV uh, and how much it drives all of this and how much of a factor it is uh, in all of this. And reporting now from the Wall Street Journal that uh, Fox, ESPN, and Discovery, which owns well, HBO, well, what used to be HBO Max and all that, uh, are are creating a lone streaming entity to 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 what pool their streaming assets for sports. Is that sound about right? That that's kind of how I'm reading it. 
It's with the lock on McLean speed reading. I, I'm trying to uh, go through, but yeah, that that's what I'm taking away from this. Yeah, so there, the, each of them would own a third of it, uh, and it would be available to anybody who's a subscriber to ESPN Plus, Hulu, uh, or Max. Any of those subscribers, kind of the main services for each of those three uh, outlets. But it, it's it's a bundle. Am I wrong? No, look. That, Locke has said this for Biddy, but there was going to be a bubble that probably bursted. We're not there yet, but it feels like you're trending in that direction when entities like this get to kind of monopolize everything and try to create their own thing with that. Or just the a la carte model where I mean, you kind of are now with the apps. I mean, some of these you have to have a cable subscription for that. But look, as the, the greed keeps growing from the TV standpoint, and it feels like it's dictating everything from... Uh, the, the, at least the college athletics and whatnot, and, and just cannibalizing some of these leagues, it, it feels like this is just another way to create another avenue stream, uh, revenue stream, I should say, for many of these, um, you know, th- these companies that have these are going to pay crazy amount of money for these sports. Right? Like I, I saw something about the, the from the the college football playoff down there about what they're going to shop around for, and it seems like ESPN is going to get first right of refusal, but. I would imagine that some of these other networks are going to have the ability to pay a lot more for it, you would you would think, just because they don't have everything that ESPN has. So I don't know if they're going to make that a priority for that. But, no, as, this, as the bubble continues to grow and it feels like it's getting dangerously closer to bursting, something like this happens. Yeah, it's weird to see, uh, I think, like a, a renewed willingness – uh, almost enthusiasm to watch live sports while the providers of it struggle to make to make it make money <laughs> on, on like a daily basis you know for them to exist and be profitable as content producers instead of just being old cable networks that could rely on the old bundle well yeah and, and it and it's funny seeing like ESPN and Warner Brothers, the Discovery and Fox that are competitors <laughs> in, in a sense. But it's like when the NFL went from ESPN at ABC and even Amazon getting in the mix. Of it. The reason they have those and have the rights to those is so that, in my opinion, is that ESPN can do can carry rights to the NFL games. That's why you pay so much money for that to carry the Pro Bowl game and to carry these preseason games is so you can carry some of the highlights. You see it all the time with McAfee. They have that little timer in the top right-hand corner to show how many you know seconds of the, the clips that they can show without kind of getting uh, penalized for it. So it's an arms race um, as we constantly keep, as we keep seeing these networks, they'll pay for it. The NBA, everyone scoff at it. It's like an unwatchable product. They are going to get record amounts of money for their next TV contract because there's a platform and there's an avenue for it and the people uh, are gonna pay for this bundle pack, I would imagine. You're, you're gonna get some parents that whose kids did NBA crazy or NFL crazy or um, college football crazy, and then they'll get it and they'll forget that they sign up like me with Peacock in the Olympics from years ago, and I'm the buffoon that they've they've hooked in, and I've I, I I'm I'm paying for Peacock still, and I'll watch a Big Ten Ohio State Indiana game in the middle of the week. It's like, oh yeah, I haven't canceled that yet. Uh, that yet, I'm the buffoon that they get hooked line and sinker on that, and this is why they keep uh, they're gonna do launch this new thing, and they'll probably get me on this too. Yeah, there was a time where I very uh, self righteously, you know, was saying like I was going to pick at least one of these. Like I can't do every one of these, and I'm I'm subscribed to every single one of them. Oh, I'm making I, Steve Rummage, Nick Valvano. I am sorry. I know you all love wrestling. If my Netflix account goes up because of this wrestling deal. I'm canceling Netflix. <laughs> you all do not have this. A- the opposite effect of this. Oh yeah, no, no, no. And, and look, I, I, I got so many referrals and write-ups for the DX chop uh, in middle school. Like I was, I was one of you at one point. I'm now in my mid-30s, and I could care less about that. Even though the, I'll get my stuff from Twitter when people uh, uh, send the things out on there. I'm not paying more on Netflix when you. Keep uh, you know making it where I can't share my password and everything. I'm not. I, that's so you what, don't watch the wrestling content on Peacock. No, I, I'm with you. I don't watch it either. I, I, I saw I'm aware the, it exists. I saw the it. stuff with The Rock uh, made his return. Uh, I guess the other night. I guess that was on SmackDown or something. That's about all I know. But I'm not paying more on Netflix because of this wrestling contract. I, I just can't. I have to make a stand somewhere. This is where I'm making the stands. I have I listen I I have a very firm clear uh stance on wrestling. Uh, the minute Hulk Hogan lost in WrestleMania 6, I've never watched or uh, another moment of it after that. I've not watched one second. Uh it's garbage. I'm still mad about it. 
and uh, I'm not I like I don't care what streaming service it's on. I'm not watching it, and you can't make me. Well, it, it I'm just, still mad about that. Well, and look, I mean, it, when Stone Cold and The Rock, uh, that was my childhood of the Attitude Era. With I mean, look, I mean. I, it, it seems like a play that they got in with everything they came out with Vince McMahon. It kind of feels like they got, you know, the rock on the board and everything for some good PR before that stuff got released. I, I just can't um, pay anymore. Like, I, that's the one thing. Netflix doesn't have enough good content, at least for the time being, but things I haven't seen. Like, it's great that they have Seinfeld on there occasionally and some good shows uh, here and there, but I feel like I spend hours just scrolling through there and not ever landing on anything. That's how I am. That's why I like. Apple, I got specifically for Ted Lasso, and yeah. then immediately went in, I'm like, cancel. Yeah, now, I'll get it back in two weeks when the Patriots documentary goes on there because I want to watch that, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> then immediately when it's done, cancel it again, probably. What are you <laughs> hoping to learn from another new Patriots documentary? Which one was this one about? The Dynasty one. It's the, okay. And, yeah, the one that's called Apple on, on the 16th. I'm just, because it's you know, the Patriots, the Kraft, Belichick, Bray Dynamic. Even though we kind of know, like the the you know between the lines of what happened there, just to kind of get their face up there and hear their side of the stories, I'm kind of fast. And then some of the because man you know, in the arena was more like top, through Tom Brady's. I never prison. even watched that. It's one, pretty good. It's I need actually, to. It, it's it's sneaky good. I mean, it's through it's Tom Brady propaganda, yeah. but it, it it's sneaky. good. So I enjoy that probably. Yes, just like the last dance was Michael Jordan propaganda. Yeah, but it, boy, it it helped me out on that Pro Bowl Sunday, man. Like when. When I was waiting for that uh, Wisconsin-Purdue uh, game to go on, I was like, or after that went off, I should say, I was like, man, there is nothing on right now. And I was like, oh, I'll watch some <laughs> of the band of the arena. That's how you know you're starving for football. <laughs> Texas says, I love the Ultimate Warrior, and I love when he lost that match. I know, I know, everybody loved the Ultimate Warrior. I didn't, and I'm still mad about it. Like, I am legitimately still, I, I turned it off. I remember going to my room. I was like, I'm never watching wrestling again, and I have never watched it again. Who's more? Who are you more upset with? That match or Ricky Prohl? Ricky Prohl is a different thing. I hate that guy. <laughs> he's, you know, what's probably he's probably a wonderful person, right? Like, like that's that's usually how this goes. Like, it's ridiculous that I don't like him over that, but that's I'm the sorest over that one over almost anything else. Now, I will say, Nick. Through what we were talking about, the the people shilling out stuff for Super Bowl week and Radio yes. Row, Nick was able to get on the Rolodex for the wrestling uh, that thing that came through. So the Big Show came through here a couple months ago, but he can't use his name because it's like he goes by Paul. Um, oh goodness, it's it, it's. I told a buddy of mine, I'm like, oh, do you know who Paul, whatever his name is? He was in the studio today. My buddy's like, you mean the Big Show? I was like, I, I guess that's my wrestling. Paul Donald uh, Donald. Is it Paul White? Okay, but yeah, he was in here, and I, that's kind of like took me back to like middle school Phil. It's like, okay, the big show, but he can't use his name because I guess WWE owns the rights. I'm like, that kind of sucks, Like, but I guess that's what they, The Rock getting got. Boy, we're losing listenership by the minute we're talking about wrestling up here. But th- that's kind of the, the MO that the, a lot of these guys get uh, whenever it comes to getting some of these guys on um, in the, the, into that space. They can't opt, they, can't u- they can use their legal name, they can't use their wrestling name. Outside of that space. He should call himself the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, if I can't use the big show, then I'll just call myself the Or like Captain Insano. <laughs> something like that. He really should. All right, Phil, thanks for sitting in, bud. Of course, Ben. One more hour to go. Tyler Griever going to jump in uh, here with us. We'll talk with him a little bit, and we'll wrap things up by talking a little football, the Super Bowl, uh, with Jason Lockenfor uh, of the Wall Street Journal, and uh, they're in Baltimore. Uh, so we'll talk with him as well here. So we'll take a quick break. Be right back. On the drive when I thin the bill.